Uh, Father, we're just praying that you open up the eyes of our understanding, that you flood our hearts with light, that we might know the hope to which we have been called, and how glorious is the inheritance of the saints, that we might know the surpassing, immeasurable, not even, can't even measure it, greatness of God's power that's in us and for us who believe. <laughs> as you demonstrated in the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead and you set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You know what that means? That means resurrection power is inside of you. And I pray today, Lord God, as we preach and teach that my tongue is the pen of a skillful, ready writer and divine grace so that it's applicable to our lives, and divine grace pours out of my lips. For our words can be like apples of gold in a silver setting. So we thank you, Father, that you have given us the tongue of the learned disciple, and you waken our ear morning by morning to give us the tongue of a learned disciple. I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We have hearing ears and seeing eyes. And the Lord is the maker of them both. And that's physically, but spiritually, mostly. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated. Okay. Well. Okay. Go. Uh, would you put First John 5, 4, and, well, first put First uh, John uh, 5, 14, and 15, and then 4 and 5. God's going to take care of us, just like he said. If we follow his principles, you got to go all the way, though. This isn't a time when you, you just, uh, anyway. Okay, now, uh, actually, I wanted the King James. Is that the King James? No. Insurance appropriate, yeah. And this is the confidence Another word for now faith is the confidence. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, now faith is the confidence. You have confidence. You have trust. You have confidence in the word of God. It says, now look at this, though. This is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Wait a minute. Don't put the next one up. What is God's will? How do you know God's word will? I want you to get that solid inside of you. God's word is God's will, and God's will is God's word. Now look, you could go, well, what's the will of God in my life? Start looking in the word about it. Is God a healer? Yes, he is. That's God's will. You see, God's word is God's will, and God's will is God's word. And that's it. And you know what? This is the whole thing. God never changes. Malachi 3 says, I am God and I change not. I love that. I could just see him. And then uh, Hebrews uh, 13:8, and, and it says, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That eliminates saying that there is no tongues, right? 
Because if he's the same, he's the same. He's not going to change in the book from the book of Acts. All of a sudden, well, I'm going to change. <laughs> okay, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Okay, the next one. And if we know that he hears us, because we're using his word, who's, what, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. You actually know it. But you got to get that word inside. Now, four and five. In First John. And whatsoever is born of God. Who's born again here? <laughs> you are whatsoever's. <laughs> We're whatsoever, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. You now I mean this is just a blah where we come to where a big deal. Hey, you're overcoming the world, the world system. Do you get that? We gotta make this real to us and, and make it like it's it's revelation knowledge, the world system. Whosoever come, overcome, is born of God overcomes the world system. And this is the victory <laughs> that overcomes the world. It's even our faith. Amen. See, we, oh well. <laughs> faith is absolute trust in God. And we're coming to a time when you absolutely have to trust us. And faith begins, faith Begins where you know the will of God, which is his word. So your faith is never going to operate, though, any further than you believe and receive and know God's word. you got to believe it and you got to receive it. See, the Romans 8, 2, I, you don't have to put it up there, but it says, the law of the spirit of life. Okay, if you're born again... You're full of life. Life came into you right away. The law of the spirit of life has made you free from the law of sin and death. There's, there's just, okay, yeah, I'm just going to throw a lot of scriptures at you tonight. Three, three John 2 says, I pray, beloved, beloved, you can put it up there. Put that one up there. I know Ike Ikebogo said that time he said, he said, beloved? Yes. And you should go, oh, yes? Yes, oh, he's addressing me. <laughs> beloved? <laughs> I, I like, there's another version that says, I pray. But I pray above all things. Just think, God prays above all things, above all things, that you would prosper. No, I want to be in poverty. I'm supposed to be poor as a Christian so I can never do anything, so I can never help in Christianity, so I can never take over, and I've got to worry all the time about a job and having three jobs so I can make money, and I can't, I can't, you know, then I, I can't concentrate on the Word, and I can't really do what God wanted me to do, right? I wish, he says that, I wish above all things you'd prosper. I mean, we were taught uh, where I came from. It was, it was they had to take a vow of poverty, but they weren't too poor. <laughs> I mean, I should. They don't look too poor. 
and nice cars and <laughs> house furnished and a housekeeper and <laughs> all these things. Okay. Beloved, so beloved, my beloved born again <laughs> children. <laughs> I wish, I pray above all things that you would learn how to prosper and be in health. That even came second. Even as your soul prospers. What's your soul? Now that's, that's really important. Your soul is not your spirit. It's not your spirit. And so many people get that mixed up. Your soul is your mind your intellect, yeah. and it's your will, and you got a free will. Yeah. <laughs> and your emotions, which help when you get renewed in your mind with this word of God, then, then your mind, will, and emotions gets in line with the word of God. And you start using the word of God. You start using it. Okay, so... Faith is simply taking God at his will. Acting on his word. You know, I've used that phrase when the rubber meets the road. Way back at the old church, I was starting to get famous for losing. I know so many other people used it. What I meant by that is when the something hits, this is what I saw myself not doing. I wasn't doing the word always. I was just letting my flesh hang out and doing what my flesh wanted to do, to act like it. Do you see, when the rubber meets the road, you've got to be a doer of the word or you are not, don't have a renewed mind. And that includes healing. <laughs> it includes finances. It includes forgiveness. Because there, sometimes people... People can say, say, you know, oh, plus God, holy God, you know, oh, holy, holy. I don't care what you're doing unless you act on the word when your rubber meets the road, when something is to me that's hypocritical. You've got to walk in love. And so, so you just act the same old way that you always did and you're, you know, mad at people and... And I've seen that, and I'm going, what? I mean, you're, you're displaying all this that you really love God, and see, that all can be, to me, is fake. You've got to be real when the real thing comes into play and actually use the word then and kill your flesh. Put your flesh down. That, that, that's what I mean by the rubber beats the road. <laughs> so uh, put up Hebrews 11, 6, first in the Amplified. Well, oh, that, I, I think I had, know that one. Is that out of the King James? 11, 6, uh, and I know. <laughs> Yeah, I like it better. I, I memorized it, or I, I got it out of the King James. That's I wasn't even sure which version it was because I say it by heart all the time. Yeah. 
but without faith. Without it, now just think, it's impossible to please God. And you don't know how many people don't please God because when this is, we're supposed to be Christians, we're supposed to have all these things. And, and when, when the rubber meets the road, we're not using faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't even please God. He said, I gave you all these things. Now, granted, there are people who, who perish from a lack of knowledge, but you know what? That's no excuse. If you're a baby, baby Christian, it's okay. If you just, just came into it. But, but, you know, even like a year or two later, you, you're, you're start, you should start to be growing. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God, in other words, he that comes and gets born again, must believe that God is real. And that girl, really, he gave us all of this so that we could apply it to our life situations. Right? And that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. There's so much. There's just not enough time in a day because I want to search so bad. just want to sit there and search and search and search and search and, and look at things, but there's so much going on in an active world that sometimes it irritates me. Like, ah. Uh. <laughs> you, you just, you know, you, you want that. It's impossible to please him. You've got to believe... You can, you can go, well, I received Jesus in my heart, my spirit savior. Jesus, come into my heart. And yeah, and yeah. did you diligently seek him? <laughs> Are you practicing Christianity? Is it real? <laughs> now, I'm kind of going the opposite. I'll, I'll end you up on a happier note. <laughs> okay, then put a... Um, Hebrews 11.1, 1. <laughs> the definition of faith out of the Amplified. <laughs> out of the Amplified, yeah. Now faith. You see, faith is right now. If it isn't right now that you believe it, it's not faith. <laughs> now faith, it says it's the assurance and it's the confidence. I wrote out a lot of more words. It's the um, the, the confidence, well, it says there, confirmation, right? The title deed of the things we hope for. Now, you've got to start to hope for things like the money. I, like, you know what? I start every morning, I got up and I start calling it in. You call it in, you call it in, you call it in. And what was that? Okay, then what was I? Okay, it's the, it, it's the confirmation, the title deed, deed of the things we hope for. Hope is the blueprint. Yes. If you don't say anything, now listen to me, if you don't say anything about calling in your healing, if you don't say anything, you're not activating the blueprint. Yeah. See, you build a house, right? Yeah. 
And yeah, got to have a blueprint. You know that. You build a house. We did too. Yeah. And did we ever find a blueprint for the church? <laughs> you found it? Good. <laughs> they were asking for it because, I mean, you know, we bought this church and I don't know <laughs> where it was. I mean, I, don't, I never ever, ever saw it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Who cares? <laughs> okay. John went, yes. <laughs> okay. So, so that's a blueprint. So make up a blueprint for your healing. Make up a blueprint of what the finances that you want to do what you want for a vision that you have. You see what I mean? Make up a blueprint. And then you see, like if, if somebody dies and, gets a, and you get a will, I mean, you're part of the wills. They will something to you. They say, uh, okay, you you're willed this property in Florida. <laughs> and uh, they give you the title deed to it. See, uh, the Word of God is the title deed for everything we need. You need to search the Word and, and look up the things that pertain to your blueprint. See, write it down. Do a blueprint. You want, he, want to change something? I haven't been doing so good myself either <laughs> for a while, but I tell you what, things are changing <laughs> for me. <laughs> Okay, so now faith. See, that's why faith is right now. You got, you got faith for that because you're looking at that blueprint and you start saying those scriptures that fit into what you want. You want to, you're looking forward to something and it, maybe it's for your children to come into the kingdom of God, you know? So look up, there's, you know, I had, uh, I'm going to have to find it, but I had a sheet <laughs> an 8 by 10 and it was loaded with scriptures for children I gotta find that that was way in, in 1980 uh, I need to find that but anyway there's many things that sometimes we hope for you know for children for our spouses to come in for our children to come in for I, all kinds of things okay so now faith is the assurance the confidence the confirmation the title deed, that word is a title deed that can't be destroyed. So, so they say you, you got in the will, you're in the will, and, and you've got some property in Florida. Here's the title deed. Have you seen the property? See, same thing. You haven't probably seen it. You don't see the answer yet. But it's there, and you've got it. It's yours. It's absolutely yours if you're a Christian. Okay. So uh, it's the proof of the things we do not see. And the conviction of their reality. They exist. That they exist in an unseen realm. Faith perceiving. If you've got a faith in God, you perceive that as real fact. It's a fact. You, you think, yeah, I got that property in Arizona. <laughs> I mean, not in Arizona. <laughs> in Florida. I used to always say, when I explained this, I would say Arizona. Now I'm saying Florida. <laughs> That's not really where I would go anyway. <laughs> There's too many, uh, too many uh, bugs there that get big because they never, they never die. You know what? We're kind of blessed sometimes. 
when, when it freezes here? Because all the bugs freeze to death. <laughs> and if it was semi-warm during the, and you know what? They just keep getting bigger and bigger and coming back. <laughs> Do you see? We're kind of blessed. Think of it that way. <laughs> <laughs> See, faith perceives as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It's in the spirit realm. The senses. See, we go by what we see and hear and taste. And we're not supposed to live that way when it comes to like believing for things that are in the word of God. You don't go by your senses. Oh, I'm hurting. So, oh, cancer's back. <laughs> you know, no. No. Uh -uh. Okay, we're, we'll just keep going on this. Okay. James 2.20. Well, okay, James 2.20. How far am I going to get on this, Lord? <laughs> hmm. James 2.20. But wilt thou know, O vain man, <laughs> that faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Now, look, see, here it is. Yeah, man, I got faith. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you, get, you go, and then see, I was trying to convince that that one that he was belonged to an Indian tribe I was trying to convince him for a long time and for a long time he had a lot of faith but 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 it just you know his he had cancer of the in the of the intestine and um they it just you know went to his liver and he uh you know and he would say believe with me that when I go to the doctor that my report will be good, I said, I can't do that. Because whose report do you really believe? <laughs> See what I'm talking about? I'm not going to agree with you if you ask me that question. <laughs> I'm not going to agree that your report will be good because I, I'm not going to look at the report. I'm looking at what the Word of God says. See, do you see what I mean? Faith without works is dead. You've got to believe that or else incorporate the, the, what the Word of God says when the situation happens. It's just like, well, that person was telling me off. I'm just going to tell them off too. They deserve what they got. I'm not going to put up with this. Nope. You're not walking in love. <laughs> and you say, oh, yes, I'm a love child. I'm a yeah, I, I see this. I mean, you know, it, don't be a fake. When the rubber meets the road, you got, you got to do the work. Otherwise, your faith is dead. And you don't even know it. <laughs> uh, yeah. It even says before that, thou believest there is one God, you do well. But the devils also believe the word of God. But they tremble in fear over the word. And we should be trembling in fear. 
we should be trembling in fear. We start to take it for granted. <laughs> um, okay, so we have to act on his word. But you have to feed on the word to establish all this truth in your heart. You have to. And, it, and it's so important. A lot of people stay sick because they don't know. This is another thing, though. You, you, sometimes we don't even know whether God wants us well or not. But see, that's part of that God's word is God's will. And God's will, he wants you well. A lot of people think that God puts the sickness on people. He does not. The devil does. Well, how does he get away with that? We've opened the door somewhere. That's why you've got to read the word. I did too. I opened the door. Okay. See, but they are, you don't, do not understand why the whole thing with the crucifixion and why Jesus's body was broken. It's just fun to cry because of the horrible things they did to him. You know what? You don't, don't even do that. He did that so you could have victory. And, and we have to appreciate, appreciate what God has put in here and not take it for granted. And some people think that sometimes God heals and sometimes he doesn't heal. But God's not a respecter of persons. He doesn't care who you are. Um, now, when Jesus was, was raised from the dead, was he still sick? Nope, he wasn't. But do you think he was sick when he was on the cross? He was sick with all of our sicknesses. Jesus had every disease that we ever had. You, and it wasn't just the flu one time. It was everybody who had COVID. Everybody. Everybody who, who had cancer. He took all the cancers of every person from Adam to the ones that aren't even born yet. He took on their cancers on his body. Think of that. It wasn't just the category of cancer. It was everybody's cancer. Ugh. If, if you just meditate on that, it's, it's horrible. I mean, think. That's why. He, he, he was sick. He took each individual sickness, and on top of that, he took each individual sin every time we committed it. All the sins of every single person, each and every time. But he was raised with a perfect, glorified body. So, you know what? And we were raised with him. In fact, put up uh, Galatians 2.20. I didn't have that in my notes, but I just thought of it. Galatians 2.20. And do it out of the uh, King James, I think it's better. Yeah, it is. Uh-huh. Did you know you were crucified with Christ? When he was on the cross, he, you were there. You were in him then. Because he did it from the foundations of the world. Before the world was ever formed, Jesus took care of this area. He knew Adam was going to goof up. Why did he make Adam? Because he wanted a family. And he knew that someday we would be his family. See? Okay, so I am crucified 
with Christ. You were there. Nevertheless, I'm living. Yet not I living, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this flesh, in this body, let me tell you this, this body gives me authority in the earth. Jesus does not, his body is up in heaven. And he's counting on us. You know what? The devil doesn't have a body and never did. He's an evil spirit. That's right. That's right. And he wants to use our body. God wants to use our body and so does Jesus want to use our body. So which one are you going to yield to? Well, I'm a Christian, but sometimes we don't yield to him. Okay? The, the, and the life now I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. You live, but see, that sentence can be a whole bunch of scriptures under it. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, wait a minute. Um, Therefore, put the next verse up. And I say, therefore, I do not frustrate the grace of God of God. You know what? We're fr- when we don't when we don't believe his word or even make a blueprint for our healing, we frustrate what he did on the cross. It's like somebody would sacrifice for you. You know, go wait, save all their money and live in a shack and give you all their money so you could buy a Rolls-Royce. <laughs> and and you know what? Then they didn't appreciate it. That, that's what that is. We frustrate the grace of God. What did God tell me? I said last time on Sunday when I had that breast cancer. And then right after I had it taken out. And I had refused the chemo and all that. But, but then, then he said to me in January of 2014, receive my grace. What I did on the cross by faith and give me permission to keep you healed from cancer. Okay, so see that if when when we we know that we have that access, that we have that gift, that we can live free of all this stuff, we're frustrating. Just like a parent is frustrated. When, when you give them your kids something and it's like zero. <laughs> I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, by doing good works, well, I'm doing all these good works. Man, I'm working in the church and I'm doing all this stuff. You know what? And there's a scripture in, uh, it's in John 7 and it says, get out of here. I didn't know you. But Lord, I preach behind the pulpit. I don't know you. Out. Get out. You know what? It was just all in the flesh. All, all in the works. That's what the Pharisees, that's why Jesus came. Because the Pharisees were under the law. He had to get rid of that law. It's by grace. It's just by taking the gift from him. 
And that's important for healing. Come on, folks, come on. It's, by, it's important for healing. It's so important. We're getting, you know, getting more and more so. This can, we can operate as almost perfect human beings so we can get the revival out. So we can help God in this revival. That's the purpose. That's the purpose. But see, if, if righteousness came by the law, and it didn't come of the law, righteousness came by the crucifixion. He exchanged our sicknesses and our sins for his righteousness. <laughs> and that's a huge exchange. But if, you, if we just frustrate the grace of God and never use it, when the rubber meets the road, we never apply this word. We never look into the word. We become Christians and we think, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I'm going to, you know, I, God said, I never do you. Get out of here. <laughs> that, that's, then Christ died in vain. And boy, that's, he did a lot of suffering for dying in vain. But, okay, so where did he leave sickness and disease? He left them in hell along with our sins. <laughs> and actually, that would be Isaiah 53, mostly. Yeah, but okay. Um, but he, he, Jesus died, and then he descended to the depths of hell and he carried our sickness and our diseases and our sins. But when he was raised, he came forth as a healed man. And see, that, that's, that's what's important. Um, in Colossians 1.15, and you don't have to go there, and that's that Colossians prayer we're asking you to say every day. Uh, Jesus was the firstborn among many brethren. He's our brother. <laughs> and so see, therefore when we are born again, healing is ours to claim. Because he's our brother. He was the first one that got born again. Because he was unborn again. And we got to realize that. He was a child of Satan for a while. Because he went down into hell. And if he hadn't, he could have not gotten our victory, our deliverance. Okay. So, now, if God didn't want us healed before, <laughs> why did he bear all those stripes before he even went to the cross? It says, by his stripes we are healed. That Just think, by the beating that he had. And I explained a cat of nine tails with what? Glass, glass, metal, pieces of metal, wire, uh, bones. And so that when they was whipped, it was all the way all through, layered three layers of skin with, with all the way into, and he looked like a rag. And, and um, Isaiah 52, 14, it says he looked worse than any man that had really ever been crucified. I'm putting it in my own words. But that, that was what it, what it said. Worse than any man. See, that was because, but yet, it was hard for them. 
him, to kill him because he was so full of life. The more full of life you are, the less he can do. So, see, this was, but that was one part of the misery that Jesus could have bypassed. But see, this is, I guess what I'm trying to say here is most people know about being born again. But, but the healing part, some do not believe in. And, and see, he, just to get born again, he didn't have to go through the beating. The beating was for our healing. And so, but he, you know, he did it by choice and he said, I can, uh, he would, the only way that they could kill him was when his father said it was okay. And he gave up his life. So everything that happened to him was a substitute. He was a substitute for all of our misery. And yet we're still miserable. I'll tell you what, we got the Holy Ghost in us. And the Holy Ghost is an advocate. Now, these are his names, and this is true. He's a counselor. He's, he's a comforter. He's a, he's a helper. He's an intercessor. He's a strengthener and a standby. Now, I want to tell, okay, worldly counselors, worldly psychiatrists, all of them they, 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 don't, they don't understand the, the renewing of the mind with the mind, will, and emotions, the soul. So you never get anywhere because your spirit has to be healed. All of that comes into, from your spirit. Do you see? They can help for a while, but see, it continues on and on and on and on and on. And let me tell you, I got an A-plus in psychology. <laughs> It's cool. <laughs> and when I worked with patients like that, because that, I was really interested in that. And, but then I became a Christian and I understood the, the workings behind it. Because they deal with the flesh. You can't, the flesh gets nowhere. You have to get, come on, get into the word, huge time. Do what we're saying and you'll get delivered. It, it says, it says that your mind has to be renewed. It says it right in here. And your, your, it's your soul area. You know what? Maybe put up that chart just for a second. That, that one. I wasn't going to do that tonight, but okay. And I'll just keep going. So, but see, everything he did for us was a substitution. They put a crown of thorns on him on his head so we could be crowned with glory and honor. And he, he allowed that crown of thorns for our mental torment, to be delivered from mental torment. And from, from um, uh, and now, and then it says in 1 Corinthians 2.16, it says, I, you have the mind of Christ. See what that means, the mind of Jesus Christ. Woo! <laughs> and you can live in peace free from depression and mental anguish. But see, the more you talk about mental anguish in the past and all that stuff, the worse it gets. 
And I didn't know that. Amen. You know, but I have just, in the last few years, I've really gotten revelation of that. The more you talk about something, the more you, drama you get into is drama, you know, the more drama yeah. that you talk about is best not to talk about it. Amen. The worse it gets inside of you. Yeah. It does. Because I thought, I feel worse. I was okay, and, and now I feel worse. So, you, do you see what I mean? <laughs> and I started to learn that by my own experience. <laughs> the more you do, you talk about the problems or the worse. I, I know one night, I mean, because <laughs> this, this foot has been trying to really, you know, had the surgery and then this foot goes cuckoo. <laughs> and, um, and, um, and I couldn't even stand on it. I'm standing on it right now. But I, so I, and I was reading Kenyon. And it says, inflammation. <laughs> and it said something about inflammation, which that is. Arthritis is inflammation. And uh, constant. Okay. So he said, you, you just tell your body, you demon of inflammation, you get out of here. I have the, my I dedicate my body to the, to Christ. You know, I have, have what? Well, I, I don't know. I can't remember quite what I all said. Do you know what? That pain left just like that. I was, I was shocked. And then it tried to come back. See? But it tries to come back. And then I'll go, get out of here. It tries to come back. You've got to fight. And it may take a lot of fighting with me because there's a lot of things and that takes time. You know, and you've got to know what you're saying. So we, you can live in peace and free from that because I've been one way and I've experienced this stuff. And I've even helped other people with this stuff. And depression, horrible depression. Mental anguish. <laughs> and, and you know what? Jesus took it. But the more you think about it, the more you talk about it, and then the devil hears you, and the more you talk about your pain and symptoms, he hears you. <laughs> I've got him. I've got him. See, and that's why I keep telling you, press. Because I can see you can move out of things. And especially now, God is, God is working with us. He really is. You know what? Jesus didn't have to put up with all that mental torment. But he did because he loved us and he wanted to set us free. Oh, that's it. John 10, 18. I put here, no man can take my life. Only I can lay it down. Jesus said that to Herod. Either Herod or Pontius Pilate. No man has any authority or power over me unless it comes from above. But you know what? He, he, he couldn't, they couldn't even kill him until the father said it was done. Um, let's see. <laughs> okay. That tells me what to do. All right. So let's go to Isaiah 53.1. And I'm, this is going to be more... Let's see. Okay, here's the notes. You 
So, like I said, when I had that cancer, and the doctor has to talk to you, and talk, you know, well, they said, well, that, you know, they took a sample of the lump, and it was cancerous. And they have to talk to you for 40 minutes or 30 to 40 minutes because of insurance. And he actually said that. And he said, you have a choice. We'll give you three months. And, um, you know, tell me what you want to do. <laughs> and, um, but the whole time he was talking to me, and because Ken was there, but I kept thinking, because, but it was because I'd been singing that song. And it was. <laughs> Scripture. I went, whose report do I believe? Whose report do I believe? Okay, so there it is. Who hath believed our report? Now, here's another part of it, though. To whom has the arm of the Lord, Lord revealed? See, when you sing scriptural songs, though, they really get into you. And that one was by Ron Cannoli. I don't know if any of you remember it. We've got it back there on a, a CD. Yeah. <laughs> I missed some. Whose report do you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. See, his report is loaded with it. And that's what I said to that Indian guy. You know, he used to send me a lot of songs that he would um, like, you know, that was comforting to him. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I still <laughs> I still left his all his texts on my phone because <laughs> I just, you know, he was just, he really loved the Lord. And, you know, when, when the funeral was, they had an Indian funeral and had the drums beating for like 25 minutes or so, you know, and then I had to get up. <laughs> and then I, I, the, I remember the first thing I said was, there are only two kingdoms on this earth, and one's the kingdom of God, and one's the kingdom of the devil. <laughs> I just got gutsy, <laughs> or bold from the Lord, because I thought they need it, and so I could tell some were okay, you know, because he truly was born again and spirit-filled, spoken tongues, and he received the tongues here, and um, yep. What was I even looking for? Oh, Isaiah 53. So whose report do you believe? All right. So now go to John 12, verse... Um, let me go there. John 12. Wait, let me see for sure. I have... Let's go to verse 34, I guess. Let's go on the Amplified. And we'll go to uh, 41. So um, <clears throat> Jesus was talking to the people about how he was going to die. And at this, the people answered him, we have learned from the law that the Christ is to remain forever. How then can you say the son of man must be lifted up on the cross? Who is this son of man? 
So Jesus said to them, you will have the light only a little while longer. He was the light, of course. Walk while you have the light. Keep on living by it so that darkness may not overtake and overcome you. Everything that happens to us, if it's, if it's not, if it hurts, <laughs> if it depresses you, if it doesn't feel good, it's dark. If you don't have enough money, all of it, it's darkness. So that darkness does not overtake you and overcome you. He who walks about in the dark does not know where he goes. He is drifting. Just think. We shut off all the lights. And it would be hard to find your way. Or like if you went into a dark basement. I mean, you could fall and you hurt yourself. It, uh, people are getting cold, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I know. I feel that too. I feel it come through. Yeah. Yeah, we don't, yeah. Okay, while you have the light, believe in the light. That's what he was telling him, but he was standing right there. But see, we've got a lot of light. We have a lot of light. Have faith in that light. Hold to it. Rely on it that you may become the sons of the light, the sons and daughters of the light. In other words, we've got a lot of information right now. More than those people, more than ever in the history of revelation knowledge. And people don't realize the impact of the church on the earth and how important it is, especially right now. Amen. Especially in the whole history of the church. It's more important to come to church right now than ever before because God needs to use us all. And we need to get well in our bodies too. Rely on not that you may become sons of the light and be filled with the light. Jesus said these things and then he went away and hid himself from them and was lost to their view. And even though he had done so many miracles right before their eyes, yet they still did not trust in him and failed to believe in him. And I put in my Bible, is that us? So that what Isaiah the prophet said was fulfilled. Yeah. Lord, who has believed our report yeah. and our message? Yeah. And to whom was the arm, the power of the Lord been shown, unveiled, and revealed? Yeah. Remember I said the arm of the Lord pulled Jesus out of hell on Sunday. Yeah. But the finger of God, when Satan goofed up, when Lucifer goofed up, yeah. he threw him out of heaven with his out. <laughs> See, and you know, that even gives us a clue. When strife and division came up into heaven, God threw them out. That's a clue to people. Here, when strife starts to happen, you need to get rid of it. And sometimes, and I can remember Nancy Dufresne saying this, because I was crying about somebody leaving. And she said, there's three people there, and she didn't know about it. She didn't know nothing about it. She said, there's three people in here, and there's someone that's going to leave your church, yep. about three of you. Yep. And, uh, and I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and she says, one of you is getting up every morning, and you start crying about it. And she said, stop it. God's trying to do you a favor 
by making that person, taking them out. Whoa. That really helped me, though. <laughs> it really helped me. She actually said she was sitting on the couch, and that's exactly what I was doing, and crying every single morning. <laughs> and I was just making depression worse. <laughs> yep, I was. I'm just telling you that for your own good. I mean, I don't do it. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes you have to get out because it might be a good friend. But if that's what it, it takes, because the things of God are more important. They're, they're much more important. So, therefore they could not believe, verse 39, they were unable to believe. For Isaiah also said, those who are not hungry, really, he has blinded their eyes and hardened. He hasn't done it. You do it yourself, really. Benumbed their callous, degenerated hearts. Their minds become dull. To keep them from seeing with their eyes the spiritual things, understanding with their hearts and their minds, and repenting and turning to me to heal them. Isaiah said this because he saw his glory and he spoke of him. See, he saw the glory of the cross for hundreds of years before it occurred on the earth. And Jesus really had done it before the foundations of the world. We saw a vision of it. Okay, now this is going to be a little bit better. And these are just some things. Disease cannot do much in you when you are continuously conscious of God's indwelling presence. Where does God live? He lives inside of us. And disease cannot do, if you constantly say, well, you're in me. Man, you can go push to the outside of me. It's spiritual. Remember that book? You know, it's spiritual. It comes from the spirit. It comes from the inside out to heal you. And if you concentrate on God. Okay, Philippians 2.13 is a great scripture. I'm saying it more than once a day. God is at work in me. You can put it up there quickly, King James. God is at work in me, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His will is that my body be healed. His good pleasure is that I'm healed. <laughs> and it is it's both to will and to do of your good pleasure, of his good pleasure. <laughs> it's his good pleasure. And I think... Yeah, you could be sound asleep and he's working in you. <laughs> working in that body. You know, 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Where? There's so many scriptures and I, I, there's a lot more. Know ye not that your body is the temple, the very church of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Uh, Wait a minute, that's 1 John 4, yeah, 4, 4. 4, 17 says, as God is. 1 John 4, 17 says, as God is, so am I in this world. As God is? Wow. <laughs> Whoa. You know, there's so, there, there's, there's so much. We, it says we are more than conquerors 
in Christ Jesus, not just a conqueror. You might ask him to do something for you, to heal you, and he does way over and above it. For example, Jesus died for us and he conquered Satan. But guess what? He was more than a conqueror. Okay, he was more than a conqueror because now he has a whole bunch of little Jesuses running around. Do you see what I mean? We become more than. You might ask him for finances and he does more than over and above all that we ask or think. Okay, he, it, it, he always causes us to triumph. When we go to him, he always causes us to triumph. If God is for me, that's John 8, 31. I mean, no, 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 Romans 8, 31. In fact, you can put that one up, King James. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nobody. And he's for you. He that spared, not his son, next verse, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him, how shall God the Father not with Jesus, he, I'm by the King James, you know what I mean, but together with them, the Father and the Son, freely, who live in us, give us all things. Next verse, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who's going to come again? Who can do anything to you? It's God that justifies you. Man, and he's the, the creator of the universe. Who is he that could, condemns you? You might get condemned by people or the words that were said to you. Put down, put down, put down, put down. That's what I mean. If you renew your mind with the word, you come out shining like a, you go, oh, I? And you, you, you can't get conceited about it, but, but you are big in God. Amen. Who is he that condemns you? Yeah. It's Christ that died, rather risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. And just keep going. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Is tribulation? See, that's when the rubber meets the road. Can tribulation separate you? It does separate some people. You know what? I've seen that mostly when something happens, like when John's brother was dead when he was born, or he was died shortly after because his heart was turned backwards. And, uh, and you know what? You, tribulation makes me, us, all the closer to God. Have you ever, some of you are like that. So you just draw into God. I can remember that coming, I, was, I didn't preach because I was trying to help him with everything and um, take care of John because the little kid was having surgery. <laughs> he had surgery at five days old. He had heart surgery. And they, they left his heart opened for a whole day. <laughs> I went in there and saw it. <laughs> Open heart. But he said it heals faster. <laughs> he was right. Would you believe that the only surgeon in the whole United States, knew how to work, do these things, do that kind of, kind of reverse, trans-reverse heart on babies. Because there were many being born, and he started studying it, and he was from Omaha. <laughs> and he's, but he would be, well, you know, he'd be going all over the United States doing surgery. 
but now they, he taught others how to do it. That, um, okay, but see, can tribulation, does it draw you closer to God because you rely on him more then? Sometimes you, it is. Or are you, do you run? Or distress? Or when persecution comes, like from your family? Or famine? Here's a good one. We're talking about famine. Nakedness, peril, or sword? Keep going. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. The devil tries to do that. But see, we can overcome that. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. There it is. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of Christ who is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Amen. Is that it on there? I was... Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so, okay, just a little bit more. Now, we are raised up with Jesus and we're made to sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians 2, 6. Whoa, can you imagine what that is? Now, let me tell you. Raised up with them spells out in letters of light. Our deliverance from Satan's dominion. We're seated at the highest place in the universe. At the right hand of the Father. Now, if God the Father raised Jesus up, and then when Jesus was raised up, we were taken out of satanic bondage. But it says that we also were raised up with him when we receive him as our Lord and Savior. And he made us to sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And Jesus, a man like us, is seated at the right hand of the Father. And we're seated right on his lap. I don't know. Can you imagine millions of people? <laughs> but we're seated with him. Jesus, Jesus' chair and his seating represent absolute dominion and authority over anything in the universe. That's the truth, but we're not using it. We got to use our authority and our dominion. Start saying, get out of here in the name of Jesus. Tell your body to line up with the word of God. So see, Jesus is our representative, but we're seated with him. And so, see, we're so, we are so identified with Christ that we are one with him. He's in us. In fact, it says God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit live in us. And like, you know, I was saying a couple of weeks ago, you know what? You might be committing adultery, and he's still in you. The Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost are watching. Yes. <laughs> that, ought, that ought to make you, uh, <laughs> they're there. Or you, maybe you're going to do something bad. You know what? They're right there. Right. 
Because we are utterly identified with Christ because of everything he did for us in Jesus. That in the mind of the Father, he and I, Jesus and I, are one. And remember, and this I'm going to just end on it. He said to me, receive my grace by faith and give me permission to heal you. Uh, he can't even heal us unless we receive it. We receive that grace. See, we're frustrating the grace of God when we don't receive that he healed us. And that takes faith. See, give me permission to heal you. Give me permission to, to give you a supply of whatever you need. Give me permission to get you a car, to get you a house, to get you a husband, to get you a wife, to, to get, get you a good job or get whatever, whatever it is. It says, for by grace have we been saved and saved means sozo, which can be translated healed, delivered, uh, prosperous, preserved, and a sound mind. Yes. And see, 1 Corinthians um, 2, what was it, 16? Yeah, 2.16 says, I have the mind of Christ, and I hold the thoughts, this is how I say, I hold the thoughts and feelings, and plans, and purposes of God. And my memory is blessed. The Holy Ghost puts me in remembrance of the things that I need to remember. That's a scripture. And the Holy Ghost shows me things to come. So dementia has to go. <laughs> Amen. And that's it. <laughs> so... Okay, just one more I had here, Acts 10, 38. Yeah, see, so you may not feel well, you don't feel healed. But see, I didn't finish all of this. I was going to explain to you. Healing isn't a feeling. Healing is not a feeling. Healing is a position. I am healed because of my position in Christ. At the right hand. Not because of feelings in my body. Oh, that hurts. I don't care. Lord says I'm healed. It's past tense. Likewise, I'm saved. Now, you believe that because of your position in Christ. Not because you don't feel like you're saved. So, see, if victory can't help but be mine because we're seated at the right hand of the Father. That's our position. Our position demands healing. Amen. It demands being a conqueror. It demands answers. It demands everything that we have in Christ. In Acts 10, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let's say Pam Egbers of Hooper. <laughs> I don't even know what you're... <laughs> of Hooper. <laughs> With manifestations of the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So right there it says that sickness and disease are of the devil because you're oppressed. But, but God provided that 
that, that we can be free of oppression and depression and uh, of what? Sickness and disease and pain and sorrow and strife and division because we're already citizens of, citizens of heaven too. I mean, oh, I could go on and on, but I got to stop. <laughs> there just goes on and on and on. You can go on and on and on and on with this. <laughs> You're big deals. <laughs> but see, that, that even how we started out, you, you, you've got to, we've got to be doers of the word. And you can't be a doer without renewing your mind with the word of God. Because you don't know what's in there. Not really. <laughs> you can't get it all in church. Anyway, thank you, Lord. I pray that, that whatever was said, Lord, cannot be stolen by the devil. And our fruit shall remain. And that, that Lord, that you're opening up the eyes of these people's understanding, flooding their hearts with light, that they might be doers of the word and might be mighty, mighty warriors for Christ, mighty men of God. <laughs> overcoming giants and all the things that we encounter on this earth without any trial, tribulation, or anything, Lord. I believe that we are looking to see that and that it surely shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, amen.